Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 26 years old, I was incarcerated and uh, ended up spending six and a half years in federal prison. Um, it made me realize that I had taken a lot for granted. My son was one when I went to prison. I wasn't being a good father. Um, I was putting drug dealing and hustling um, over him. Uh, so when I got out, he was six and a half years old. Um, but then I was able to become the father that he needed the whole time because because uh, I realized what I was losing and what I had lost. The biggest thing to me, my oldest son is 21 years old now. I haven't spoken with him in, man, probably eight years. Wow. Like, in no capacity. Uh, he just, he took the divorce hard, and in his mind, to my understanding, I, I feel like there was more I could have done to, to salvage it. So therefore, this was the route he took with it. I don't know that. So that's the same thing about faith, man. You think that you have a certain level of faith until it's tested. That's good. Like you, you, you know, you, you think you are a man of God mm. until that thing get tested, man. And I'm going to tell you one of the realest things, and I hope I don't get emotional telling y'all. The, the thing that I know tested me in that situation is that <clears throat> I had to ask myself, The God that I say I believe in, if my baby dies, will I still believe that that's the will of God? They tried to count me out. I'm going to count me in. Fill up my bank account. Now I got something to spend. All right, let's get it. Welcome to the Dear Son Show. We have conversations about fatherhood. It's for fathers, those with fathers, and the fatherless, so nobody's left out. These are the conversations I want my son to have access to as he matures through life, so no topics are off limits. For great conversations, I know you guys don't want just me. Normally, I have a guest. Today, I got three. We're going to welcome Sean Surface. We're going to welcome Reggie George. And the the, uh, the crowd favorite, James Johnson, is back. But uh, Sean, I'm going to toss it to you because this is your first time on the show. First of all, welcome to the show, my brother. How are you? I'm great, man. Thank you for having me. This is an honor, man. You got an awesome group of guests, man. I've I've already learned. Already I've already learned enough that this has been a blessing to be here. So thank you for having me. Yeah, man. That's that's the point, man. I'm glad that it worked out. But uh, tell, the people, tell the people a little bit about yourself. Orient them to those on my platform. I know you have a large platform, too, so I want to make sure you cover all of that. Your gym, your business, your your um, your philanthropy, your your uh, th the work you do with the young man. Give the people a little bit uh, of an insight on on all of that. Cool. Yeah. Thank you for the opportunity. Um, so, from 16 to 26, I struggled with drug addiction. Um, 26 years old, I was incarcerated, and uh, ended up spending six and a half years in federal prison. Um, it made me realize that I had taken a lot for granted. My son was one when I went to prison. I wasn't being a good father. Um, I was putting drug dealing and hustling um, over him. Uh, so when I got out, he was six and a half years old. Um, but then I was able to become the father that he needed the whole time because because uh, I realized what I was losing and what I had lost. Um, then after I, I ended up starting a gym called a Second Chance Fitness because uh, fitness kind of gave me a chance to get over the drug addictions. It kind of gave me something to push towards. Uh, so the gym kind of took off, and then uh, I started a mentorship program 
because uh, I saw the need in our local area, that a lot of these young boys without fathers, so called a second chance mentors, and now we have 13 boys in the program. And it's, uh, I probably get more out of it than the boys do because it's, it's a really special thing seeing these kids get back on football teams and get out of the alternative schools, and, and I love that. So then as a marketing push for the mentorship, I started a podcast called Forgiven AF, mm. and it's on all streaming platforms. I feel like we're getting some good traction. Um, it's just starting to hopefully I can get all these guys on there because mm -hmm. there's a lot of knowledge in this room right now. But um, again, that's really it. But thank you. Yeah, I think I think that's a done deal, man. The, the, the real episode was before this. So maybe there's some footage that we can we can release. But, uh, you know, we just had a, a powerful conversation and that's how it happens when things are aligned. Um, Reggie has been on the show uh, for those, you know, it's the first time coming into contact with the content um, kind of frame out you know, your, your story. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to, <laughs> I'm trying not to look ahead to what I know was coming, but it, I mean, it's a, it is an amazing story. I think what you're doing with it is beautiful. Um, I'll shut up and, uh, I'll let you give the, give the listeners a bit of the background and, um, your movement. We see the father figure parable. Talk to the people. Yeah, man. Um, just like Sean D, I want to say I appreciate it. First of all, man, again, this is this is uh, my second time, man. But um, it's always a blessing, bro. Uh, 100 percent. But I am the uh, the founder of the father figure movement, man, uh, the creator of father figure apparel, uh, the father figure podcast, everything father figure, man. Um, and of course, we're going to dive deeper into it a little bit later, man. But um, I do call the brand a a purpose brand just because this thing is 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 or was derived from adversity man um and not really gonna get super into it man but we we um again like we was talking about earlier sometimes we are provoked in, into purpose I heard tdj say that man so father figure the brand the movement everything was provoked out of purpose man um caused a lot of adversity a lot of trauma for, for my family and myself, man, but it has made me a better man, a better husband, a better father, man. Right. And um, again, I'm just appreciative to, to, to you all, to, of course, to God, man, just because this thing is really taking a life of its own, man. But um, that's only because of um, some adversity, some tragedy, but moreover, um, some obedience. Yep. Definitely get into it. Uh, James Johnson, my pseudo, not even pseudo no more, it's co-host. We're working, uh, you know, we're finalizing, you know, that format. But, man, I appreciate you. Talk to the people, my brother. Man, I'm as usual, I'm happy to be here. The, like like these guys said, it's, the energy here is amazing, man. It's, it's, it's different. Each time I come out, each time we have a discussion about something, the energy is always different from the last, but in a good way, a positive way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a speaker told me before, like you don't have to always be ahead of something or run something to necessarily be or thrive in your gift. Sometimes your gift is that support. And we'll talk about that later, like they say about some of the foundations these guys have going on and the movements they have going on is is it's it's right in line with some questions I had personally as well. So I'm 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 thankful to be here today, man. It's gonna be a powerful show. Absolutely, man. So let's let's get to it. Um Everybody had the topic. For those that don't know, it's not a lot of it's not a lot of pre-gaming for the show because I want the conversation to be authentic. And that's why the people are picked in a very specific way, because uh, everybody on the show is is open to helping everybody, help, helping others. Uh, and, that, and that's kind of the theme. And that's the that is the common goal of anybody that you see on this platform. Uh, it started for me because I was recognizing some some insecurities I was having in a relationship with my with my family, um, specifically my son, hence the name dear son. I realized that, you know, I was I was repeating some of the patterns that I saw with my father. And that's not shade. What we see model, we repeat. And there was some opportunity to change some things. So we started this podcast as a means of holding myself accountable to make sure I'm having that dialogue with my son on a regular basis to make sure that, you know, he he doesn't become me. Uh, unnecessarily the me that I, that I, you know, the me that I am today, I want him to be better. Um, I'm a father of five, man. I want to, I want to orient the people to, you know, what our household dynamics are. I got three girls, two boys today. They are 19, 16, 15, nine, and seven. I call them the algorithms. It's always a, a different dynamic in the house, but it keeps me on my toes. And, um, 
something that, that Ray said earlier, not to, not to steal your thunder, but having children introduces you to the type of father you are or, or it, um, it reveals the type of father you are. We had a, a, a previous conversation about how to dad, right? There's no book for that, and it doesn't work the same for everybody. You know, with that, you know, we have some things that we're accustomed to, that we saw in the household, that we saw around us, that, that influence how we parent today. But when those children come along, you know, some of that changes, or it should, because our children aren't the children that we were, so the methods might not be applying this, the methods the same way may not work in all cases. So today we're going to talk about, uh, you know, default dadding, man, how we reprogram, how we parent. Like, what are, the, what are those things that change the way that we manage our children, the way that we manage those relationships? Uh, if, if, you know, for those that are with, uh, you know, the, they have a spouse in that uh, dynamic as well, all of those things... Uh, you know, influence how our children perceive and evaluate life and how they handle life. And I know for me, I'm not always as aware of, as I should be of what I'm demonstrating. Um, so that's what we're going to jump into. But again, I, I want to keep the same order. So, Sean, what, what's your, your family dynamic now? How many children? Are you married? Uh, what, what's, the, what's the household dynamic now? Yeah, so... Um... I am married. I have an amazing wife who took on my son as her own, mm. which has been a huge blessing because uh, she has no kids. And my son, he, so my, my first marriage, it was, it was toxic. It was not a healthy relationship, my son's mom. And when I went to prison, I just told her, hey, you know, I got six and a half years. Like it was actually 13 when I first went to prison because Obama gave everybody two years off. But, um, and then I won an appeal. But, so I was like, just kind of move on. I like, go ahead. You know what I mean? I, this isn't the best anyway. So she went on. So when I came home, uh, I was able to meet this woman and uh, and get full custody of my son immediately. So that was like a huge blessing. Like that was my first thing. My biggest goal was, goal was to get him back. Because I actually had a good father. Uh, he was always present, never missed anything. I would say very military. He trained SEALs, very intense. Um, never beat us, but, but was very... I don't even know how, you know, like grab you, shake you, spit coming out the face, right? Yeah, he got your attention. Yeah, and and I actually, when I first got out of prison and I got my son back and he was living with us, I saw myself parenting the exact same way as my dad. I would scare my son, scare him, thinking that that's what I was supposed to do, right? And I got a cool story with that real quick, is uh, I went back home to Philly to visit my dad, um, this was probably last year, and he, my dad had twins at 50 years old, so they're now 13 years old or something like that, 14 years old. So we were at the house, and I hear my 14-year-old, at that time, 12-year-old little brother say something super disrespectful to my stepmom. And I literally, I was like, oh, no, I got terrified because I thought he was about to get it. My dad said, Caleb, go sit in the other room and think about what you just said. And I was like, hold up, what? Like, yeah. what? Dad, if that was me, you would have had me up by, upside down by my feet shaking me against the wall. And he said, he was just playing at first, but he said, well, look how you turned out. That didn't work. Like he was just playing, you know. Yeah. But but then he was like, Sean, that didn't, that wasn't, I was wrong in that parenting style. So I took that and I was like, dang, and I'm over here parenting the same way you parented yeah. me. Like I'm doing what you did to me growing up. So it, it was a huge awakening to, I mean, that was from that time I went home and I'd never parented the same after that because I was like, yeah. man, my dad even changed how he parented, you know? Yeah. So it was like, it was cool seeing that. I needed to see that because I could have gone, like my son literally scared of me. Like yeah. I would come in the room and I'd be like, Get him and he would jump. And I was like, oh, that hurt my heart. Yeah. Like I don't want my son to be scared of me. Right. Right. So I'm just having to, but um, again, back to my, my wife now, she's amazing. She, she has no kids of her own. So she just kind of took him in. Um, and we have a great family structure. We raise our son in the church. He volunteers in church, and that's a very big, important thing to us. Uh, one of the big things that my dad instilled in me growing up was diversity. Mm -hmm. um, like, I can't, I know it just sounds, but it's something that my dad was big on. I got a scholarship offer and to go play soccer at this Catholic school. My dad said, you know what, I think I want you to stay in these public schools here because I want you to learn about diversity. You know what I mean? And, yeah. I, and I think that's a huge gift that I've been given, and it's just something that I'd like that I'm, is very important to me. Yeah. Well, There's definitely a moment to highlight the um, that quick conversation, whether it was in jest and when it turned serious with your father, admitting that he was wrong. Like yeah. I had that conversation on this platform with my father last year, and I was like, man, both of us needed that conversation 20 years ago, yeah. right? Yeah. I wasn't open to it, and he wasn't going to force it. That's kind of our dynamic. 
But it, it's something about um, with his words were when you see you messed up the first time and you have a, a second chance, you approach it a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. You apply the lessons that you got from the, and that's also a thing. Like I became an adult. Then there was a space of time before he's revisiting, like dealing with grandchildren. Right. He's changed. I've changed. The world has changed. So I think it's important that we keep those things in mind. Uh, but, but Reg, you, you said you came up in a military kind of kind of household as well. What were some of the dynamics and, and what's your dynamic today? Um, well, my dynamic, man, um, I've been married for 21 years, man. Um, I got a set of 16 year old twins. Um, shout out Tiffany, Kennedy and Camden. Right you now I got to shout them out. It's a problem. But um, <clears throat> our dynamic, man, is is, um, you know, we we we. We I wouldn't say a conventional or traditional dynamic because, you know, I think I think it's based on what you consider traditional, what you consider conventional, man. But um, based on our experience and based on, you know, what we've dealt with as a couple and and as parents, man, you know, things have changed drastically in what was normal or what was traditional what was conventional um and and i'm saying that in comparison to like i said i the household i grew up in was a military household man it was very structured like sean was saying my pops was stern you know um that is not a style that's conducive to raising my girls today and again that's no slight to my pops that's no slight to you know anybody who grew up in that environment man it just worked for us because we, first of all, we came up in a different time and a different yeah. era to where um, it was a, 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 a do as I say, not as I do type deal. You know what I'm saying? Right. You don't Absolutely. speak when grown folks talking. You don't, you know what I'm saying? Like now we, you know, sometime in my household, man, we eating four different meals. And, and, and that's an adjustment, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's an adjustment <laughs> even I had to make, you know what I'm saying? Like, hold, 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 hold tight, bro. No, nobody was phased when you said that. And that's, <laughs> right. that's, that's what's ringing because, in my head. Like. Because that's, that, that's, that's abnormal. That became normal. <laughs> right, right. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes I even have to look back and like, man, why are we eating four different things? But I have to, I have to respect where we are now. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I can't raise my kids in an environment where, um, every night I'm forcing them just to eat what your mama cook. Right. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And, um, you know, just to be honest, man, and just to be transparent, we are a society of convenience. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's not, it's not always convenient for my wife to cook every, every day, or it's not always convenient to, um, eat at the table or, you know, you know, so, um, we, I think, we all can agree that that making those adjustments, man, is is based on the time that we live in and yep. the time versus the time that we were raised in. Right. Yeah. And that's what I appreciate about what Sean's saying and D, you saying about your all of our fathers and mothers for that, but especially our fathers, man, they have um gotten to a space where they respect how we parent just because it's more about um raising our kids for who they are versus who who they have to be that's good. you see what i'm saying that's good like we were raised we were raised in situations where we had to be certain things that's right you know what i'm saying and 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 again it's just an appreciation for a different era yeah you know we 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 should be looking at our children different we should be looking at who they are and not who we make them be yeah. And again, that's not saying that, that our kids should have no discipline and no structure right. and no boundaries. Right. But we should set boundaries based on who our kids are, not who they have to be. Man, that's Man, that's, that's, that's that's so good. We um we having a similar conversation in the Facebook group uh about th- the particular question that was posed was did whippings work? Mm. Right? And what it was prompting is number 1 your, your honest opinion about how you felt about it. If you got whipped, if you didn't get whipped and how you turned out, a lot of people that got whipped no longer whip. So in a sense it worked for them, but it, it's not appropriate now. And it was interesting to see that dialogue of, of, of the different opinions about, about how, how, how to parent. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, some people, people are, some people are very sensitive about um, their experience. 
uh, but we, we, we curated the conversation the way that it was helpful, but, um, just, just understanding like expectations, the expectations were set for me in, in sound bites. There weren't conversations explaining there it. It was, go. you will, you shall, you must. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Th- that was the, di- that, th- that's a monologue. It's not even a dialogue. That's the dialogue is me saying, yes, sir. But, um, before we jump into that, James, what's, what's tell, tell, talk to the people about your dynamic now, uh, in the household. Um, and I guess kind of compare and contrast that to how you grew up. Right. And, and, and <clears throat> I guess the, the different thing about it is I do have two phases to compare it to. Um, I was married before, like you say, uh, to a, a woman that we didn't really mesh well. Our personalities were different. So I had three children in that marriage. Uh, we divorced when I separate ways and I got remarried and now I have three more children. So I have two sons and a daughter in my first marriage and I have three sons now in my second marriage. Well, the father, the dad I was in my first marriage, I'm a totally different dad now mm-hmm. and, and I'm thankful for it. That's in some ways unfortunate for my first three children. I was young, I was inexperienced, I was learning on the go. So I was replicating things that I saw my dad do, discipline and and run a tight ship. And I grew up in a single parent home with my mom, but for the summer, two months at my dad's, the things that I did see, that was, that was my idea of what a dad was. So I'm implementing being a dad to my first group of children based on what I saw in that short time frame. Two weeks. That was absolutely inaccurate. Now, as for today's times, you know, um, great relationship with my dad now, but at that time it was stern. It was, hey, you're not gonna do this because I said so. You know, a child naturally is trying to get an understanding of why. And I was taught as a kid that if you say why to an adult, that was disrespect. Mm-hmm. You be quiet, you close your mouth, you do what you were told. Well, now, now you're doing things because it's, why didn't you do this? I was going to get in trouble. Well, that displays to me you don't have a clear understanding of the dangers associated with that choice. So now you're walking through life. We're not teaching our children to make choices and smart, responsible choices based on if I do this, these are the consequences versus don't do this because dad said don't do it. So now when I'm not around, you don't know to apply that. See, yeah. we're trying to teach our children, this is the scenario. So when you see anything that looks anything like this, this is how you, this is the logic you use. Mm-hmm. This is why it's wrong. This is why you shouldn't do this. So now instead of, I don't know, I'm just not supposed to do it. So guess what? Now another kid that's not on what you're on, he can influence you to make a poor decision yeah. because you don't really know why it's wrong. Mm-hmm. I just know dad didn't say do it, say don't do it. So now if this other influence make it sound good enough, you're gonna roll with it, you're gonna do it. Yeah. So now my second group of children, when my elder, some elder members of my family see the way that I parent mm-hmm. my four-year-old and my six-year-old sons, it's a very interactive relationship. I do wanna know where your head is when I say, hey, we're not doing that. Why we're not doing this, dad? Well. Because this, 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 and this, and this. There's a so now when they fast forward and they're having conversations with these same elders and these elders are saying, man, that kid, he's brilliant. He's 20 years old and he's only six years old. It's because we have interactive conversations and now you get the logic of a decision as opposed to I'm not going to do that because I don't want to get a whooping. Mm-hmm. Or, I'm not going to do that because I don't want to get punished. So it's a difference. What, what changed about you between the two the two, um I won't say two lives, but the two relationships, right? So you were, mm-hmm. you knew what you knew at that time. There was a space of time. Mm-hmm. And now you're a more informed parent. What changed in the space? I can honestly say a couple of things, man. The biggest thing to me, my oldest son is 21 years old now. I haven't spoken with him in, man, probably eight years. Wow. Like, in no capacity. Uh, he just, he took the divorce hard and in his mind, to my understanding, I, I feel like there was more I could have done to, to salvage it. So therefore this was the route he took with it. I don't know that. Yeah. I'm, I'm yearning for the day that he and I could sit down and have that conversation. 
so that he can speak for himself. Let me know where where he stands, how he feels, why. What did I do wrong? What can I do differently to catch us where we are from that point moving forward to to form and have a relationship? So I feel like there was a lot of things like I was a little league football coach. He played football. If he did something in school, the disciplinary action was, I'm your coach at football anyway. We running hard. We, mm. I feel like I was very hard on him. You know what I mean? Uh, I was very zero tolerance. Come on, son, you got to be an upstanding young man. You got to do this the right way. This the way we do it. This the way it's going to be. I feel like I didn't spend enough time tapping into who my son was. Yeah. And I've suffered for that. Our relationship suffered. Yeah. So I feel like now he didn't have enough good, happy moments and bonding time to reach back on and say, no matter how this panned out with mom and dad, I got good memories. I have a good, strong, loving relationship with my dad mm. that now I'm going to lean on that yeah. and we'll figure the rest out because that was absent and missing, in my opinion. Mm. And again, this is me reflecting. I sit daily and reflect on myself and I'm, I'm harder on me than I feel like anybody can be on because ultimately you could take every dime I have, but if my relationship with my kids suffer, then I'm I'm that's when I'm poor. Yeah. Right. That's good, man. Second yeah. second chance, Sean. How what was what was the transition like for you? And if you could um kind of walk maybe a timeline of how you got from the point of incarceration to the more polished, the more informed, the more present person with your children. And and I would imagine for yourself that you are today. Yeah, and for sure. And I still struggle. Like I still struggle for sure. Like we were talking about beforehand uh, I struggle with my phone, and that's something that I want to really work on. Y'all's, what you guys, your explanations and what y'all do and how you handle that, it really hit me. Like, that was really good information. So, thank y'all for sharing that. Yeah, um, in prison, I realized that I was taking it for granted. Like, and I was able to look back and see um, that I did have a great father that was present. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, I'm, and that was a blessing that a lot of people don't have. And, uh, and I kind of, and I took that for granted too. Um, so, when I got home, I realized, like, I don't want to miss this opportunity. Even to this day, I still sit around sometimes and feel worried about like, man, I don't want to become 50, 60 years old and thinking like, dang, I wish I would have done more with my son when he was 12, 13, 14 years old. Right. So that's been one of the big things that's made me like tune more into my son. Yeah. One of the things also that just is uh, something that I take real serious is being able to apologize to my son. Mm. There we go. Is being able to say like, Caden, hey man, I'm, I'm sorry for... I'm sorry for the way that I treated you back then. I'm sorry for getting that mad. Uh, you didn't deserve that from me. And uh, and I think that that's something that I want him to be able to apologize to people. Yeah. Like, I want him to be able to say, hey, like, because I think that's a great trait is being able to admit when you're wrong, mm -hmm. have, being self-aware. And like, so that's something that I, that I've really like made a point to, to do, yeah. like almost maybe overboard, yeah. like maybe too much. Like, hey, man, I'm, so those are just a couple of things that, uh, that I've been working on. One thing I need to make sure that I don't continue to mess up um, is pushing my son to play football if he doesn't want to play football. Mm -hmm. Like, like it's not that wasn't even my dream. It's not like living out my dream. I just know like I want him to be a part of something like sports wise and and like he. I love my son to death, and he's he's got so many different gifts that I didn't have. Yeah. But I don't know if sports might not be like his passion, right? Yeah. And I feel like sometimes he's just playing just because he knows Dad wants him to play. Yeah. yeah. So I need to try to figure out how to like tell him like, if you want to play, play. Like I love it, but don't do it because you think I want you to play. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So right. those are just like a couple of things that I've kind of gone through and working on and just trying to figure out um, how to maneuver it. You know, because this yeah. is still something that that I mess up every day. Like, Reg, how, how do you manage that? Because you were. Um at least a two-sport all-star mm -hmm. in high school, college too. Mm -hmm. um, how, how do you <laughs> how, how do you manage your expectations of your children being someone that played at a high level with that was like, I imagine that was life to you. You that's what you breathed and that's what you focused on and that was it that was that was part of your identity. Like how how do you how do you deal with that? Man, just like just like Sean was saying, man, um I was guilty, and especially just having girls, you know what I'm saying? I was guilty of, of still wanting my girls to be athletes. Mm. And luckily, they still became athletes, but they gravitated toward basketball. You know what I'm saying? And one thing I learned, um, 
early on and I really attribute my father to is that um, my parents cultivated what we were. You know what I'm saying? I never remember being pushed toward one thing or another, just like my father was in the military. And um, I saw a lot of kids, especially as we got older, they gravitated toward the military or they, you know, they just became, you know, I just remember my pops always cultivating what we were. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that's what um, really helps me even today. And especially only having girls is that man, the emotional part um, really won't let you force girls to do something they don't want to do. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because that will take a toll on you as a father to see your, your daughters emotionally reject what you want them to Mm. do. Mm. And then they reluctantly do it anyway. You know what I'm saying? So man, I just take pride in, and really cultivating who they are, man. And I and I heard Will Smith use an analogy, man, a couple of years ago. Like, if you once you plant the seed and it comes up and it's a sunflower, you can't cultivate it and nurture it like it's a rose because you wanted a rose, right? Because you wanted a rose. Because you wanted or you want your child to be a rose, right? You know what I'm saying? Right. Because eventually you'll kill it. Right, and not right. in the not in the in the in the literal sense, yeah. but in the in the in the especially the spirit of it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like kids honor you more when you cultivate their interests or what they like or who they are. That's a fact, That's man. Good. And I tell my kids every day, I don't care what it is, man. If you can tell me, I'm gonna give it a hundred percent. If you can tell me, I'm gonna be committed to it. I'm gonna get behind you, man. My girls were cheerleaders. And I'm talking about competitive cheerleaders for probably until they were maybe 12, man, 11 or 12. Man, you should have seen me in the in the in the in the living room doing high V's and low V's. And man, my my girls was in Chicago, man. And 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 like I said, man, I was a I was a pretty high level athlete, man. My I remember being at the Navy Pier in Chicago at a cheer competition and looking around, man, in this in this auditorium when you probably got 300 different cheer teams in there. Right. And that's the first time I really remember like, bro, like they, we serious. They, they go we for real. <laughs> but then not only that, I remember my girls getting up there competing and I felt like I was at a football game. Like, oh, man, y'all cool. better do that. Right. Y'all better get up there and like, man, I'm talking about like, bro, I was locked in, but that's because I was locked into them being locked in. Yeah, right. yeah. You know what I'm saying? I right. had, I, and to this day, I have zero interest in cheerleading. Right. But I have a hundred percent interest in my, in my, in my girl. That's good, man. Huge. That make, makes perfect sense, man. I want to, I want to, I want to talk about, uh, like what, what was the, what was the, what was the moment or the set of moments, the pattern, the behavior that, that caused a major shift in the way that you parent. For me, um, and I've, I've said it before, like I, I, I wasn't an athlete. Mm-hmm. That's another, it's another podcast. Like I was, I was decent in basketball. Some religious rules in my house prevent, prevented me from playing yeah, all of yeah, the games. Yeah. Right. And I, that's another podcast. <laughs> another <laughs> podcast. So I, I've been, you know, in my adult life, I was al- always, and I can be honest, I was always struggling to find my, what is my thing? Like what, what, what do people point to D and say, D does that. Mm. No, he he does that at a high level. And I got good in corporate. Like I was, I got good at, you know, the the industry that I was in. I was able to, um, you know, climb the ladder very quickly. And I got to a point where I was doing, that was the first, that was my first instinct is to make sure that the career thrives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At whatever cost. I would never say that at that time, but it's, y'all need somebody to go to Africa? Yeah, I'll go. Need to go to Afghanistan? Yeah, I'll go because I thought that doing these things were going to put me in a place. And it got me to a place I wasn't happy to the place when I arrived there. So for for the past decade or so, being honest, I've been trying to undo that mm. because I never stopped climbing in corporate. Right. And it was, hmm, but this works. Right. I'll get back to, if I do this, now they can go to this school or we can live in this neighborhood. And it's not what they asked for. 
not that those things aren't important, but to the uh, to the extent that you're sacrificing them, that's been my struggle, mm -hmm. right? And you know, like I said, I have girls too. Um, so I I I got to a place where um, financially messed up, messed up the money a few times. This particular time, <laughs> messed up the money. Uh, we were about to lose the house. Never had a conversation with my wife. Uh, I found a way to get to Iraq to go overseas because that was the thing, right? You, you get the tax break and everybody mm -hmm. thinks that it's all this money. And it wasn't that that was an, not an honorable thing to do, but the way I managed it was terrible, right? Because what got me there, I never had a discussion. In my mind, I was I found ways to blame them for me having to be there because if it wasn't for y'all, I wouldn't have messed up the money. That's that's the real Man. walk of yeah, that story. Yeah. Right. But when I got over there, I had to, you know, war zone, right? And it's not like I'm holding the guns and shooting, but I had to put myself in the middle space where I, I didn't worry about anything other than what was in front of me. Because right. if you're worried about your family all day, that eats at you. It's not like you can pick up the phone and call them. So unintentionally, but not really understanding the, the downstream effects of it, I was learning how to live without them. Right, right, right. Yeah. When I came home, there's not a button, there's not a switch that you flip mm -hmm. that does that, right? I would feel guilty, but I would always justify it, but, but the money, but the money. Fast forward, because this is not a podcast about me, um, I, I came to that realization that I didn't have my priorities in order, right? And I could see at the time we had three children, my son had just turned one in a house with two sisters, two older um, girl cousins, no male influence, right? And I know there are several there are stories of where that's the case and men become men, right? right? But to force them into that situation where that's not what they deserve, like I dealt with that for a long time. And again, mm -hmm. I would just find my way to find a success because that's something that people can cheer me on about right. and take the take the attention off of that. So, you know, I and I, I'm still like you said, I'm still in the undoing, relearning, unpacking phase. Uh, and conversations like this help, but that that's kind of where I realized that I had to reprioritize the importance of things, right? Stop throwing gifts and even experiences at them and justifying that as being a good dad because yeah, right. I afforded yeah. you this opportunity. That's um, good. Right. I, I want to tap into each of your stories about, you know, what was the pivotal pivotal moment? Uh, and Reg, I'll, I'll stay with you. Um, that changed, you know, your your default dad to reprogram how you had to how you had to parent. I mean, of course, for me, it was um, uh, one of my one of my daughters almost dying. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, man. I've been I've been an entrepreneur, a business owner, man, for twenty plus years. You know what I'm saying? And and um, you always assume that you have your priorities. And I've always been a family first. I've always been, but. Um, until that thing is 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 challenged, you know what I'm saying. And I always hear uh, men of God say that if it's if it's from God, if it's, if the assignment is from God, it's gonna be tested. Right. Right. Mm. And 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 you got to be careful about um, being egotistical about saying I'm family first, or man, I'm this, or I'm that. Um, because as men, a lot of times that's where we. And especially in the entrepreneurial space and especially in the in the in the um, in the man space, we get we get consumed with ego and pride sometimes. And and um, for me. Getting a call. That, um, you know, my baby was stabbed in the head oh. with a pair of scissors, man. Um. And and long story short, man, just to uh, have to process, is my daughter going to die? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's literally like, even when it came to charging, um, and she was stabbed by a 15-year-old um, boy. And I had to watch when I say young man, because at that time, you know. But even when it came to the charges, man, they didn't even know what to charge them with for seven or eight days because, wow. you know, we don't know if this is, oh. this is, this is an attempted murder or right. this is an assault or this is a murder. Right. Wow. 
Right. And man, as a parent, um, the pivot is so strong, bro. The, the default, because now all of that other stuff is out the window, man. I, I don't care about no business. I don't care about who working for me and not care about them, not care about them personally, but I don't have the capacity to, to, to be concerned about that. See, even as a, even as a father, we know how important provision is to provide for them. Just like what you're saying, D, like when you have to go to Iraq or when you have to go take, do some things you don't want to do, bro. But when you see life, when you see the, the a 13 year old fighting for their life, bro, that's when you are introduced to the father or that parent that you have to be. Right. right. You don't, you don't have to be the money earner then. You don't have to put the food on the table then. You don't, you don't, you don't have to show up to no ball game. You don't have to pour into them. Right. What you have to be is whoever you need to be. And again, I got twins, man. Mm Mm-hmm. So at that point, I don't have to be, I don't have to become this man just for my baby that's laying in the ICU. I got to come, I got to become this person for my other baby. Now they have to know that daddy business don't matter right now. The the bills don't matter right now. The crib don't matter. Don't, the, the car don't, none of that matter right now. Like we, when, when we, when we fight, we fight. And again, man, anybody will tell you that, that know the situation intimately I, I did not show up to, to any of my businesses, any of my shops for over 90 days, bro. Man, we, we left. My baby got care flighted from Methodist Mansfield to Cook's Children in Fort Worth. Right. My wife and I were so locked in. My best friend had to go get my truck two weeks later from Methodist. Still there. Still at Methodist. Adversity introduces a man to himself. We and we talked about that earlier, man. But that parent, that father, even even that husband, didn't exist, man, until I'm literally ten toes down, knee deep in fatherhood and husbandhood. Yep. Because who is everybody looking to? And I got it. And again, I got I got. All females in my house. Right. Mm. Are you really family first? Here go your test. And I'm talking about, here go the SAT of (laughs) fatherhood and and husbandhood. Like, are you family first? And, bro, when you, I don't even know how to explain um, into words what kind of shift you have to make or what kind of default button you have to hit. But I just know that this version of Reggie, the father didn't exist prior to that. Right. Because what I thought was family first mm-hmm. wasn't family first. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is the, do you think there would have been any other set of circumstances that would have gotten you to this place outside of a something traumatic like that. And and again, um the I don't I think it's impossible because God couldn't have tested me in my business. I would have just thought, man, I just I just get another one. Mm. Oh. Yep. You you couldn't have tested me with a house or a car. You couldn't have tested me, you know, even it, it's a lot of things and that's why I say, man, when you when you profess something, know that thing going to get tested Yeah, for authenticity. Yeah. It's going to get tested. Yeah. And, and, and man, and not to, not to, not to even separate my girls, mm-hmm. but Kennedy is more like her mother. Camden, if I had a son, Camden would be my son. That's how we, we almost got a telekinesis, man, where we can look at each other and God knew which baby I had to sit down. Wow. Like, man, I'm going to let you know I'm testing what you say you are. Right. 
that's a different level of faith. Did, did the faith follow or was there a foundation? Again, you couldn't have been prepared for this, but what, what was, what was your faith foundation before that traumatic event? That traumatic period, because yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. know it's not done. <laughs> like th this traumatic phase of life. Right. What, what was the before? What was the foundation before? Was there one? And, and again, it's just like um, Sean owns gyms, man. So if you if you work out every day and you and you are in the gym and you got your diet on, you got to test that thing. So you got to put more on the bench, or you got to put more on the squat, or you got to. I need to be able to to look at my abs or look at, look at how I look in order to know that this diet is working. Right. So that's the same thing about faith, man. You think that you have a certain level of faith until it's tested. That's good. Like you, you, you know, you, you think you are a man of God mm. until that thing get tested, man. And I'm going to tell you one of the realest thing. And I hope I don't get emotional telling y'all the, the thing that I know tested me in that situation is that <clears throat> I had to ask myself, the God that I say I believe in, if my baby dies, will I still believe that that's the will of God? So, bro, if you, even when you think you're faithful, when you really have to contemplate, like, you know, I've said a hundred times, like, man, God, whatever your will is, let it be done. Right. But right. does it include my baby dying? Man. <laughs> you know, that's, a, um, <clears throat> that's something I struggle with later in life. Uh, I grew up in the church, so I, you know, I, I was good at religion, not good at relationship. And I've said it before, still true. <laughs> <clears throat> when people say, but God knows my heart, yeah. like it's a, like it's a pass. Right. A disclaimer. That is, that, that is the most invasive understanding of an individual that there is what God, how God understands us. And when you say things like, I got big faith, God is first family after God, all of these things, like yeah, you said, yeah. people, a lot of us aren't qualified to actually wave that flag. Like you, you, your calling has been qualified in a different way. And I'm always, I'm always careful not to, um, not to present myself as if I know how you feel. I don't. And I, I pray to God that I won't. Right. Um, you and me both. I, I admire how you're managing it. And that's the wrong word. That's a poor, that's the word I can get to now. Um, and I hope that people understand not just how cinematic the story is, but what it like really, what it really means to trust God. I don't know that I know. I lost my job. Mm -hmm. My job was removed from yeah. my, my, from my path. And now I'm out there on this faith that I've been saying for the last nine months, big faith, big faith. When it comes, it comes. I'm, I'm out there. Now it's every day you wake up and tell yourself what to do and then do it as an entrepreneur. And I'm not comparing that to your situation, but even in that light version of I got faith. I don't know. I had a person, <clears throat> I had a person presented to me in a way. And once I heard it put this way, I can honestly say it, it changed my approach to my faith. Um, a guy, older guy, man, he, he once said, he's like, what are you trying to do? Cause I was, I was in a transitional phase of trying to make something work. When, when something kind of falls in my lap, it's always seemed that it was meant to be, you know what I mean? But if I had to make it work, who I was, I was gonna make it work and it'll work. But then later it flopped because I forced it instead of believing if it was for me or not. Mm -hmm. So this guy came to me and he put it in a way, he said, if you ask for something and you say, hey, I'm praying for this or I prayed for this to take place, if you turn around and ever pray for that again, 
it's 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 equivalent to almost in the way he put it, and I felt like it was drastic until I I let it resonate. It's like you're a spiritual atheist at that point, mm -hmm. because if you ask twice, you didn't believe it when you asked for it the first time. If you ask God for something and you truly believe that you asked for it and you believe that if it's his will, it's his will. for it to be done and you walk away from that and you just do what you're supposed to do, do what you're responsible for doing, put your foot in front of the other foot and keep moving once you've asked for it. If you ask for it again, if you doubt it again, if it cross your mind again, which think about it from human nature standpoint is how we built. Yeah. So you're trying to work towards, I asked for it and the outcome gonna be what the outcome is. If I ask for it again, it's kind of like your kid. If my son come ask me, hey dad, can I, can I have this, this pudding cup right here? Okay, son, you can have it, give me a minute. Mm. He'll come right back. I'm telling you, this is a real story. My son coming right back three minutes later Dad, did you forget about the, the pudding cup? I didn't, son, but I'm still doing what I was doing. If you ask me again, though, you're not getting it. And I mean it. And I kid you not like clockwork. My son going to come right back and he's going to ask me again. And sometimes I choose to use that as a lesson. If you didn't ask me again, I was going to give it to you. But mm -hmm. because you asked again, I got to be a man of my word. You can't have it. Can't yeah. have it. And, and, and just to, you know, double back. Um, and that's it, it made me think about what we were talking about earlier when it comes to the cultivation. Mm -hmm. Um, for me, man, in that scenario, um, asking for healing is hard not to continue to ask for healing, wow. but it also builds your faith mm -hmm. because, and us as men, man, and this is this is the one thing that really keeps me locked in um, from a faith perspective is just like that garden that Adam was asked to cultivate. Mm -hmm. Adam had to understand your job is to cultivate, but the garden does not belong to you. Boy. And for me as a father, and that goes back to the ego part, um, I was made to hand my baby back over to the manufacturer. Right. Right. And that that was God's way of telling me, no, they're yours to cultivate. Right. Those they're not your children. Everything you have is because of me. And for me, bro, up until that point, I had never released a hundred percent of anything to God. God, I'm gonna give you eighty percent of my business. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna give you fifty percent of my marriage. Right. I'm gonna give you fifty percent of my kids. Right. But that's God telling and telling me why this is about you. Yeah. Because again, I gave you I gave you the instructions to cultivate, but you think the garden is yours. You out here telling people you own the garden. Right. Like, no, 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 Reg. I gotta sit you down. I'm gonna give you baby back. Right. I tell anybody, man, y'all see my baby right now, man. My baby, when you talking about restoration. But that's because she had to go to the manufacturer. There's nothing I could do. But from a faith standpoint, like you saying, like that's what builds your faith is saying, God heal my baby. Yeah. She's yours. Right. But don't double back and ask me again. Wow. Man, this is nothing short of what all of us expected prior to assembling and confirm once we did assemble um this can't be the last conversation i know i said that each of you and now sean you're part of that group this, this can't be the last conversation uh unless god determines otherwise it is not necessary um i, I appreciate you guys man this is uh these are always not these are never about me um i value other perspectives that help me adjust in real time i, I didn't always do that think that's kind of a, a, a characteristic of a lot of men you know we don't we can know we need help but perceive weakness asking for it mm -hmm. let alone accepting it um i want to go around the horn again but uh just kind of in, in, in a in a different way to close it out sean what is what is what does the second chance mean to you it's, it's a very cool it's very catchy i get it what, what is the what does it mean to you 
second chance for me is just an opportunity to try again. And I feel like, uh, and I feel like that's what God gives us. I feel like God's grace is like, yeah, you, you messed up, but I love you. I forgive you. Yeah. You have to forgive yourself. Yeah. And then you get that second chance. And it might be your third chance, fourth chance, fifth chance. I just say second chance has been being like, you know, another chance, right? But um, but one real quick thing that I want to say, if you don't mind if I go left real quick, is please for anybody who watches this, y'all, like find community of men. Like you cannot do this by yourself. Like you can't. Like if you want to be a good father, because what's happened, you get stuck in your own head of thinking you got it all figured out. And if you don't, was it iron sharp, sharpens iron, right? Yeah. If you don't have conversations like this, right. like, you're going to get stuck and you might have bad thinking marriage. You might have irrational thoughts. And if like the stigma of being okay with getting counseling, like, I mean, especially like, I don't mean to say this, like, in, but in y'all's community too, like right. black men, like these, like it's harder for y'all to get counseling. Right. I don't mean to sound that like in some, like, you know no, what I'm saying? Right. That's a fact. Being like, that's a fact. Because, and I don't, you know, no, I love y'all. Like, let's, let's be clear. You don't have to explain it. Okay? Yeah, 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 I love yeah, you guys. Yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah. But it's just like all my boys in, our, in my program, like, they don't even know what a counselor is. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I just signed my son up for counseling because his mom won't even show up to pick him up. And he's starting to feel like it plays on him, you know? Yeah, yeah. So wow. it's like, I guess all I'm trying to say is, Get help, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, because we none of us have this parenting thing figured out, this father yeah, thing yeah, figured yeah. out completely. Yeah. And it's way easier to do it when you have situations like this, like right. where I've learned, man, I can't wait to get home and implement my new <laughs> and not push on my son how I want you to be a football player. I can go home and be like, son, how can I cultivate? I mean, what you said was perfect. How can I go home and cultivate what my son's good at, yeah, not yeah. what I want my son to be good at? Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? Who he is. And it's like, yeah, who he is, not who I want him to be. Mm -hmm. right. But anyways, man, I love you guys. Like, man, for real, thank y'all for doing love, this. Man. It's man. really man. awesome. James, we, uh, we, we talked about the points that we have to realize that we need to um, adjust the default reprogram, man. Close us out with some, some tips that help us stay aware and um, not undo that programming, man. What works for you? To me, staying aware to tie into what both Ridge and Sean were saying is pay attention, be deliberate. Uh, if you get a second chance at something, it was because the first time that it went or it took place, there was a lesson. If you get another chance at it, apply what you learned from the lesson. Because if you don't, I promise you, you're going to see it again. Yep. It's going to loop. It's going to loop. Just like what Red said, man, that's 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 a tragic, tragic story about your daughter, man. And I pray to God you never have to relive anything like that. But at the same time, you absolutely, in my opinion, in my opinion, you absolutely did what your calling was. You know what I mean? It, it's you, you, your perspective. A lot of people, you just don't know. You never know what you're going to do or how you're going to respond to something until it happens. And you took that something as tragic as that and you turned it into God was trying to get my attention and I was listening. So same thing with you, Sean, is is with your son and your 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 situation about being able to find new love with your new wife right now and she takes your son in. This your second chance at that. So again, we go through life, we think we have it figured out, we think we're doing something a certain particular way and it doesn't work out rather than kick ourselves or get down on it or take a, a dark path and say, oh, just forget the whole thing, I quit. Yep. Pay attention to what the lesson was, apply the lesson, and go win the second time. That's, that's good. good. It is, man. Um, I think that's the appropriate place to to pause this conversation. The information will be uh, in, in the uh, description below or the comments or wherever I, so I'm so overwhelmed with <laughs> what, what this conversation did for me that I can't even close. Right. Um, thank you guys again, man. Appreciate thank you, it. Um, yeah, thanks for having us. My, my, my listening, my viewing audience. Um, all I can say is you're welcome. Cause this was one of those ones. We appreciate you guys. God bless you. Peace. Appreciate you. It's crazy how when anytime I start these podcasts, you're like, oh man, I don't know what I'm going to tell you. Now all of a sudden you start it. Because it's come out. Like we were talking about earlier, man, when it's, when it's, when it's organic, you just get in your bag. That's it. You know? Yeah, I want to get me too. They tried to count me out. I'm going to count me in. 
fill up my bank account. Now I got something to spend. Nah, nah, nah. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I just pull it out and count for nothing when I'm feeling great. The Dear Son Podcast is produced by D. John's Live Studios. All rights reserved. Don't forget to rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform. We'll see you here next time.